Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone. And welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. I'm very excited today to welcome to the show the brand founder, partner, brand strategist at Worst of All Design, where they build entire brands in one to three day intensive. Also the founder of No BS Agency Mastery, where she helps small branding agencies increase their profits and freedom without hiring employees. A TEDx speaker, been featured in Forbes, uh, and also podcast host at No BS Agency Podcast. So check that out if you're listening to the podcast and the author of Badass Your Brand. So much authority. Pia Silva, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Marcel. Great to be here. <laughs> it's exciting to have you on. Um, I don't invite a lot of people onto the show, but you started showing up in my newsfeed on social. I started following you. I started consuming some of your content and I thought, I really like the way this person thinks and I would love to do an episode and you were kind enough to make some time for me. I've given everyone a little bit of context. That. How about you share in your own words what you do and who you serve? With which part? Um, <laughs> so our company, Worst of All Design, we work with one to three person service businesses. And as you said, we build entire brands in one to three day intensives. Um, I also, because that model has been so profitable and lovely for me and my lifestyle, I decided to start teaching one to two person branding agencies exactly how we do it. Um, and I don't really think that anyone operating a small business like that should operate any other way. <laughs> well, I'm really interested to dig in because there's a lot of things about your model that I like. And there's also a big idea here, which is that you can achieve a lot of the goals that you've set out to achieve uh, in in starting an agency without having to be really, really big, assuming that your intentions line up. And so all those things I'm excited to dig into. But I think the backstory and the context is important here. How did you get into this space and what drove you to trying to build a brand in one to three days, an idea that to some people probably sounds a little bit outlandish. Um, how did you land on this intensive concept? Yeah, it was um, an organic process. We definitely started the way everyone else does. Um, I got personally got into this because my husband is a graphic designer. I didn't know anything about this. I didn't know anything about branding. He was a, We were doing freelance graphic design. That's how we started in 2011. So looking for clients. Um, we did all the things agencies do. We tried to get bigger clients. We hired employees. We got an office. We tried to get bigger projects to pay for all of this overhead. Um, through that process, we ended up branding ourselves and learning about branding just because you need to stand out and you need to differentiate yourself in order to get clients. So all of this was very organic and because we needed to do it. All of that landed us in debt and a really hard spot in 2014, about three years into our business. And because we weren't just in debt, we were like kind of maxed out on our credit cards. We had no cash in the bank. So those are the moments where you have to make a pivot because you literally can't pay your employees or your bills. So we got rid of our employees. And that was when we 
started to look at our business more critically and look at what our goals really were. And the only reason we hired the employees and we're trying to go after the bigger clients was because we wanted flexibility and freedom in our lives. That's all we wanted. And there were these light bulb moments around then where we realized we could have that without going the big agency route. And um, without going into too much detail, about a year prior, my business coach had said to me when I was trying to find these bigger projects, trying to close $30,000 projects, and I I was talking to a lot of people who wanted to work with us but didn't have very big budgets. He said to me, what could you sell them? You know, how much money do they have? And I said, they have $3,000. I mean, that's not that's nothing close to $30,000. And he said, okay, fine, but what could you sell them for $3,000? And I said, um, I could sell them a day of my time. That's what I could do. Steve and I could, we could do a lot of stuff in a day. If they would be willing to just take it, then we could do that. And so it became this little offering I had off to the side that I wasn't telling people about unless, unless they were a perfect fit. Well, fast forward a year later, we're in debt. We don't know what to do. And I look at this thing and I'm like, man, that thing is really profitable. (laughs) If I just did three day, you know, these three day, uh, $3,000 projects, I could make a lot of money really quickly. And that was probably the big light bulb moment. Um, We love these. We make a lot of money in a short amount of time. It's done at the end. Clients love what we do. They're excited it's done. We don't have all the BS of the long projects that we hate. And that's when we went all in on it. We changed our website overnight. We started telling everybody, this is all we're doing. And that was the beginning of it. I love it. So um, that brings us into the no BS agency model. We've probably touched on a few elements, but is there anything that we haven't covered that makes up what it means to run a no BS agency? Um, Okay, so the, the fundamentals are that we don't do proposals. We work with a very specific niche. We work in a packaged, productized model. So we have basically have one offer at three different levels, small, medium, and large. Um, Because we are only, so we don't do proposals because we only have these three offerings. What we do instead is sell something that I call a lead product. Our lead product is a brand shrink. It's basically selling discovery and strategy but we do not use those words because clients do not know what those are and they do not want to pay for them. So at least small businesses, sometimes the large businesses, they get it more, but I'm targeting small businesses. So we craft a lead product, something very easy to buy, um, no brainer, solves a problem the client knows they have. And we use that lead product to build trust, build authority, have a client experience the value that you have to offer instead of what so many people struggle with, which is trying to educate clients on the value of branding, which if you're educating clients, you're already lost, right? Educating clients and trying to teach them the value of branding is such a lost cause. So we use the lead product to do that. And what I have found is that when you do this well, clients, the price sensitivity goes out the window. All of a sudden, people who had no budget have whatever budget you need, right? Like you've shown them the the solution and you've shown them that you're the only person to do it and you can just pitch them what the project is, whatever price you want, and they will much more likely say yes. Um, and then you have this productized service. So it says it's you have a really tight process that you do every single time because you're working with the same kind of clients, the same kind of projects. So you can really hone in on it and make it so crisp and efficient. And that's where the profit comes in. And then because you're making so much more money and so much less time, you can reinvent the extra money. You can reinvest the extra time and money that you have 
into building your authority because authority, you read off that list, right? I'm just like an authority whore. Like I just want to like pull all the all the accolades I can because authority is how you increase the price even more and really get rid of that price ceiling. So that's the three pieces, clients, intensives, and authority. And that leads us perfectly into the next question which I have, which are what are some of the prerequisites or some of the fundamental building blocks? And clearly authority is important in terms of anchoring the value of an intensive. Like not anyone can charge $30,000 for their day unless they can justify why they are scarce in terms of their expertise, their understanding of that market, et cetera. What are some of the other things that um, folks should be thinking about in terms of what they need to work through or have in place before a model like this is going to make sense for them? Well, actually, we got to $10,000 a day without authority. So I wouldn't say that you need authority. You need authority to get to 30,000 a day, but you don't need authority to get to 10,000. You can do that solely based off of um, having a good network and, and trust. And I, you know, I did do a ton of networking in my old school, older model agency days because that's how I found clients. So I knew a lot of people and there were a lot of people out there that trusted me. Um, didn't mean they were going to send me great projects. That's why I ended up in debt. But when I turned this into something that was un- easy to understand, easy to wrap your hands around and, and who it's for and easy to refer, those people became incredible uh, connections. And, and that's they just fed me clients because I was so much at the time. I mean, nowadays, people hear about VIP days. There's a lot more like website in a box stuff. At the time, I don't think any I, I didn't know anybody who was doing anything in this tight timeline. So I think it was just. It was, it was just so much easier to grasp and it was easy to refer. So what do you need to do? You need to, um, you need to position your offer and your business in a way that is memorable. I like to say share, uh, noticeable, memorable, and shareable. It cuts through the crap. It gets people to pay attention. It, it sticks in their minds and it makes you really easy to refer. Those are probably the three most important pieces. I like it. Now, what are some of the, I'm sure you get lots of pushback when you initially propose this idea to agency owners or creatives that have never considered this concept before. What are some of those initial fears that crop up when they're met with this um, kind of radically different way of looking at their business? Yeah, of course. Well, there's the... um... There's the classic fear that people have with niching or focusing in general, which is I'm going to get bored. There's that one. Um, or I'm going to leave money on the table because God forbid I go for one group and then I talk to somebody else and they want to hire me and I could help them. So there's that fear. Um, people don't get how we could possibly do this in such a short period of time because they think clients are the reason that that projects take so long. So you know, what happens if a client doesn't like my work? How is this possible that they're going to say yes to the work and it's going to be finished in a day or two? Um, Some people assume, these are more like the, like the Facebook ad trolls, assume that we're just selling something cheap and templated. um, And I don't know, also somehow pulling the wool over people's eyes, (laughs) getting them to pay us lots of money for some templated thing, Um, which is absolutely not, uh, this is not like, something that we're just repeating the we're not repeating the work, right? We're just repeating the process and the framework. Um, those are, those are a lot of the big ones. And, and also just it, a lot of creatives can't imagine reining in the, the time that they spend 
doing the work. A lot of creatives feel like the creative process needs to be this big open space. And like, I just need to go frolic around in that and figure it out, you know, as long as it takes. And they don't really want to think about um, the business part of it that makes it profitable. Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. And with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. So I want to dig in now to some of the nuances of this model. Um, and I want to start with pricing, right? So mm -hmm. what is the price anchored to and how does the pricing conversation happen with the client? Uh, let's, let's start there. Yeah. So I believe um, that pricing should be based on what you need the price to be in order to live the life that you want. So the way that I help people price their services is I use something, I created this thing called the freedom calculator, where you start with what does it cost to run my business? What does it cost to live my life? Um, you know, it calculates the taxes on top. What does my revenue need to be? And then we take that and we say, okay, that's the baseline. That's the good amount. And then we add things in. So what do I want my life to have additionally? What do I want to spend on my business? Uh, you know, what kind of investments do I want to make? Okay, and that will spit out a number that's your better goal. And then you can add more and say that's my best goal, right? So good, better, best. Um, and we use this tool to then backwards into our price points. And I... Um, I decided at that time when I said, what do, how much do I need to make, right, to have two weeks off, that you need to make all of your revenue from working with clients less than 50% of your time. So I call it the 50-25-25 rule to profit and freedom. If you are a small service business, 50% of your time or less should be with clients generating income so that you have another 50% of your time to split between working on your business and marketing and um, sales and all that stuff. And then 50, 25% uh, of your time to live life like the freedom, flexible entrepreneur that you always wanted to be. If you don't um, schedule that in and if you don't price your uh, services in order to support that life, you will never have that life. So, um, so that's how I teach people how to price their services. Okay. That's, that brings me to my next thing. So pricing in terms of, from the, uh, creatives perspective, from the agency owner's perspective is being reverse mm -hmm. engineered from a lifestyle, which I think makes a lot of sense. And then mm -hmm. it framed with the client, it's tied to the outcome, right? So you want the amazing, perfect brand. That's what we're going to deliver to you. And, and that's what we're anchoring the cost to. So I would imagine that at this juncture, you start getting people saying, well, what if I can't finish it in one day or two days or three days? What if the client wants to do a million revisions? Um, what are some of the nuances of the execution that allow you to de-risk that model and not have it turn into, uh, you know, devolve into like what we typically see other agencies devolve into, which is revision cycle after revision cycle and scope creep and all those other things. Absolutely. So our process has evolved significantly over the last seven years, right? When we started, 
it really was akin to a VIP day. Then as the as we looked for ways to increase the value um, and and then we would increase the scope of the project and the deliverables. That's how we ended up with these two day intensives. And then we started doing some pre-work and then we would kind of ha- we would do like half of it. Right. Or we'd get the basic concept and we'd start with the presentation of that. And then we would spend the one or two days like finishing it um, today. We build the entire brand and the website to completion before they come in. So they have paid in full and we have finished the project. Um, they don't know that. At some point they're going to know that because <laughs> I have to tell everybody. Um, but they, they don't know that in the sense that I don't want them to come in and feel like, okay, here it is. Like, do you like it or not? Right. So, but we do finish it to completion and then we take them through a process over that one or two days where we basically onboard them to the to the brand. And that means at the very beginning, we are showing them, we take them through something called Magic Hour, which is a very deliberate uh, presentation process that walks the client, basically brings them to the water to drink. So that by the time they see the brand, it's the only brand that it could be, basically. Um, and then after that, we kind of drip out the rest of it and get their approval and make little tweaks as needed. Um, and they kind of watch the brand like, you know, come alive in front of them in a very short amount of time, which is so exciting and energizing for them. You know how clients get so excited in the beginning when they see that brand and then it's like they don't get their website for six months and we all want one, like we all lose our energy and our enthusiasm. So this client gets their website up the next day and they can start showing it off and they love that. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a magical couple of days, intense, but um, really exciting. And it must be cool to watch the client light up over and over and over again as they get one step closer to expressing who they are and all the things that a great brand can do for you in a business when it's well done and it feels like it's connected to who you are. And anyway, we won't go down that rabbit hole because I'm sure that's a big one. (laughs) Um, But uh, that's really interesting. So um, that has evolved. And this is, I think, an interesting thing that I want to take a moment to pause on. If any of you listening have listened to the episode on my pricing quadrant, or you've watched that video, you understand that you can mature service offerings. And that sounds like is what happened here. It started with, there was some risk. And so you were selling the time, but you still were able to use value anchoring to drive the price of that time up and abstract it away from hours. So I would imagine that the conversation early on was not like, oh, we're going to charge you you know, whatever 10 grand for eight hours is, you know, like a thousand dollars an hour to build your brand. We're going to, you know, spend some time making sure that, you know, you get all these outcomes and deliverables. So we're having a value conversation on the price, but then the scope is tied to time. So you're de-risking it from that perspective. And as the process matured and you learned how to make sure that it was compartmentalized in a reasonable amount of time, you moved over to the value, like full on value-based pricing side and really started arbitraging value and tying the scope now to deliverables instead. But that only happened once the service offering matured to a point where you had the confidence to be able to do that without taking on an inordinate amount of risk. And so the thing I wanna just call out here is like, you don't have Mm -hmm. to land on the ultimate pricing model today. Understand that risk can be decreased over time as you mature your process and you mature your service offering. So you can go from a model that requires you to share more risk with the client and eventually start to arbitrage more value as you tie the scope to more nebulous things like outcomes. 
Yeah. I mean, that's a totally different way of explaining this. I've never <laughs> heard you, right? Um, but but brilliant. Yeah, it, it is an evolving process. And anybody who wants to do this has to understand that even when you learn my process, you're still going to go through a process of building your own, not just the, the, the systems in place and how you do things, but also your own confidence in those systems, which really it's hand in hand. Like I could just give you the exact systems, but if you don't have the confidence to deliver it, it's, it's actually not going to be helpful at all. So that we, we work just as much on that, uh, delivery confidence as we do on the systems and the, you know, the model itself. I think it's a great lesson because there's probably a lot of people that still believe that in order to make more profit, you have to grow your headcount. And um, I think a lot of people that we talk to, they come and find us when their headcount is 20, 30, 40, 50. And they go, mm -hmm. yeah, we, we're adding people, but the bottom line's not getting any bigger. In fact, sometimes it's even getting smaller. Why is that? And of course, there's very obvious reasons. I mean, to me, it's obvious to me because I, this is all I think about all day long. It's almost like <laughs> a curse, but um, it's not actually simple uh, to figure out for most people. There's economics that are at play, but the complexity of trying to fix and change those things at a large scale is, is immense. It's a lot of work. It requires a lot of data. It requires a lot of smart people. Um, and if you want to make, I can tell you from auditing hundreds of agencies, if you want to make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year in profit, this is the much easier path to get there. Because I talk to people that are doing big, you know, seven, eight figure revenue numbers that aren't taking that amount of money home. In fact, they could probably make Crazy. more money going to market, working for a brand, um, than all the risk and time and sacrifice that's going into their agency. And it's sad. It's, it's the reason I do what I do, but um, it, it makes a very compelling case for if you really step back and say, I just want to be comfortable and, you know, whatever, buy a, a, a trailer in the Maldives and send my kids to school and retire at 40, then like, this is probably a faster path. And this doesn't benefit me at all. I, I don't make money unless you're big enough to work with us, but I don't care. I just want to see people win. And um, I think if you're interested in reevaluating this, then you should go consume some of the content that Pia is creating and, and go deeper into this model. So with that said, where can people go to learn more about you and follow the content that you're creating and putting out into the world? Yeah, I mean, the best place is probably just nobsagencies.com. Um, if you go there, you can download the blueprint that kind of lays out in detail what this model really entails. Um, and then after you download that or before you download that, it'll send you to the Facebook group, which is uh, No BS Agency Owners. And I have a ton of free trainings in there, resources um, to get you started thinking about this different way of doing it. Amazing. So we're going to leave that in the show notes for you. NoBSAgencies.com will also leave a link to the book and the podcast in case you want to check those out right away. And with that, Pia, thank you so much for making time for us. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Marcel. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. 
With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener, and we will see you on the next episode.